Hey everybody, this is Mike Van Meter and welcome to the Mike Van Meter Show and this is your one-stop shop for everything having to do with patriotism, Americanism, conservatism and frankly just the best way to live your life. That's the way that I look at it. And folks, the election is over. Finally, in November, as you know here in Virginia, we had uh, elections for uh, statewide offices and uh, I was at the top of the ballot. I was in the uh, Virginia State Senate race against Jennifer Carroll Foy, and uh, she did prevail. She won. Not really unexpected because this is such a deep blue Democrat area. Uh, tough race. I think I did a lot better than people expected me to do, um, particularly uh, because of the fact that uh, very, very little money to be had to to be able to spend and campaign and uh, very little help and support. And we'll, we'll talk about that here uh, in a little bit. But, uh, you know, really just a great learning experience. And, uh, you know, it was very, very tough. And I'm going to talk about what that was like. And that was what I wanted to talk about today was um, really just what the election was like, what motivated me to run, um, maybe answer some questions about whether I will run again, and kind of what it takes and give you just some insight into campaigning and entering into the race. And, you know, hopefully for those of you that are listening that are thinking about running for an office someday yourself, um, you know, just kind of give you a little inside baseball, if you will, on what the whole process was like. And let me just start a little bit with, you know, why I ran in the first place. You know, I have worked in the the federal government uh, or some form of government my entire adult life until now where I'm, I'm working in a hospital. But prior to this, I've worked for the government my, my entire life, and as a result, uh, you're not allowed to talk about politics, you're not allowed to give you know any sort of political views, and you're very restricted in, in what you can do. And I always felt that very restraining for me, because those of you that know me know that I am very opinionated, I have strong political views, and uh, I care about my country deeply, but you know I did what I was supposed to do, and that was not talk about those things at work in the office. So I swore that once I retired and I had the ability to go out and do these things that I that I would that I wanted to serve my community I, I look at running for an office a continuation of service it's just a different type of service but a very important service because politicians legislators uh, you know people in government at that level really, decide how the rest of us are going to live really i mean they they uh, they give us the laws they uh, give us the the policies that we're going to live by and that's a very important role i take that uh, very seriously and and i just figured that that's uh, another form of service that i can become involved in after all of my years of service in the the military corrections police and as an fbi agent and then now working as a therapist uh, for drugs and alcohol so that was really my motivation behind doing it. I, I really do just look at this as a continuation of service. And I do believe that people that, that have my background should get involved in these types of activities once they retire. Because after all, of all the people that are out there, we are likely the most invested in, in the country because after all, we've been serving the country and in and, and fighting to protect our ability to vote which is a freedom that many people around the world do not have and they're envious of, and we should be protecting that and to be a part of that this system. Now, that's something that I want to address. Um, not everybody in this, this nation participates in the political process. And in fact, the number of people that vote is actually very, very, very small. 
And I think that that paid, played a part, rather, in my uh, candidacy and in my uh, election here. And I think that this is something that we really need to address moving forward as a nation. You know, this whole process really opened my eyes up to the whole political system, how things are done, how we select people, how we support people, and uh, really just was an eye-opener. That's the only way that I can describe it. Now, I do want to point out that I was not a novice to this per se. I do have a bachelor's degree in political science, so I studied this stuff, and I've studied this stuff for years. And I was still surprised by the system when I entered into it because it's one thing to study politics and history uh, it's quite another thing to be involved in politics, and you get to see that you know how the sausage is made, so to speak. And it's not a pretty sight, just like watching sausage being made, uh, watching the political process. It is not. It is not a pleasant sight whatsoever. And some of the things I'm going to, I'm going to describe affect both parties, both Republicans and Democrats. Of course, I'm a Republican, but I, I do know from talking to people that. Our Democrat friends face many of the same issues and problems that that we face here in, in my own party. I think that the Democrats are a little bit better at hiding that from the public and presenting a solid front to those that are outside of their system. But uh, that being said, they definitely still have the same problems that we do. Now, I talked about why I decided to run. And it was a long process. It was a process that I've been watching for quite a while. And if you've listened to this podcast for any time, you know that it's something that I've been interested in for quite some time. But going through the process was really something that was not simple. It's not uh, it's not very user-friendly, particularly here in Virginia. There's a process, you know, there's a primary process. There's, you have to get signatures on a ballot. You have to have, you know, meet those deadlines. You have to set up a committee. You have to have uh, a bank account, a structure, uh, all kinds of wickets that you have to go through. And I think that that whole process weeds a lot of people out, to be honest with you. And and some of the candidates this year, and it seems like candidates every year seem to miss deadlines and get themselves uh, disqualified. In fact, I believe that happened to somebody that was running for one of the offices in this particular election. And if you think, oh my goodness, how does a person meet, miss a deadline? How in the world can that happen? Well, if you go through the process, it, you actually have to have people around you that are constantly reminding you of the deadlines and the requirements because when you go to all of the different websites, particularly here in Virginia, it's not that simple and it's not as self-explanatory as you would think. And that's why it's important to surround yourself with people that understand the system, have been through this system before, and can give you very cogent uh, inaccurate advice. And I did that to the, the best of my ability. Uh, I, I do have to say that I was blessed to be surrounded by some fantastic people that were helping me uh, and keeping me straight and keeping me uh, on solid footing when it became to all of the administrative requirements, but they're, they're quite extensive. And the reporting requirements for the financial uh, aspect of the campaign, and you want to have that. And I did have those people around me. Now, having said that, if you're involved in the political process, 
if you're going to be a part of uh, a political party, whether it be Republican or Democrat, you, you obviously have to get their nomination. <laughs> and, and that means that you're dealing with the party itself. And the party, both Republican and Democrat, is made up of personalities, you know, people that that uh, have their own ways of looking at the the issues at hand, the ways that you should approach those issues, whether they like you, whether they don't like you, it tends to be rather clicky. It tends to be very, uh, you know, very kind of a, a groupthink sort of process with, with varying groups that uh, are vying for different uh, options. You know, because let's, let's be clear about this. Uh, whether If you're part of a, a political party, whether it be Republican or Democrat, and not all Republicans believe the same on every issue. Not every Democrat believes the same on every issue. There's spectrums and there's groups and there's cliques within these organizations. And, you know, what I found in this whole process is from the very minute that you did, you announce that you're going to be running for an office, your phone is going to be ringing off the hook and people are going to be reaching out to you trying to influence what you believe what you what they think that you should believe and how you should conduct yourself and how you should present yourself and it's at this point that i really made a decision in the direction that i was going to go because there are those that are running for office in in my opinion my humble opinion and that's all it is but it's based on my observations over the last 18 months there are those that are running for office because they want to be in office for whatever reason, whether it's name recognition, whether it's to get attention, whether it's to have power, uh, whether it's it's because they think that they're going to make money. And oh, by the way, for those of you that think that you're going to go run for public office because it's going to make you money, uh, I hate to burst your bubble, but it's more likely going to cost you money, not make you money. Uh, this is uh, a process that it just it just sucks your time and your money away. So uh, I, I'll steer you away if, if that's what your goal is, right? But there are people that go into office or seek office for those reasons. And then you have others like me. Uh, this is the category that I put myself into. And that is that you're a true believer in the cause. You're a true believer in the country. You're a true believer in that the policies and procedures that you want to put forth are the best policies and procedures for the community, for the greater good of the community. And that's the category that I'm in. Now, you have to understand that when you're running for an office, there's a lot of different interests. There's a lot of different motivations. And nearly everyone wants to influence what you are going to do, what you are going to say, how you are going to say it. And I was faced with that almost from the beginning. Well, at that point, my recommendation to you, because it's the recommend, because it's what I did is I moved forward, and that was understand why you are running for office. I really did a gut check and really sat down and asked myself, why is it that I'm doing this? And the conclusion that I came to is that I'm coming to office because I believe that I have experiences that would translate into legislation and policies that would be the best for the Commonwealth of Virginia. I truly, truly believe that. And it's based on a lot of experience, a lot of life experience, a lot of observations, and really just the study that I've done. And I really looked at running for office 
is a way to convey those ideas. And I had to make it very clear to anyone that worked with me from the very beginning that I wasn't bringing them in to shape my ideas. I was bringing them in to help convey the ideas that I had. Now, it doesn't mean that I'm not open to uh, data. It's not. It doesn't mean that I'm not open to suggestions. I'm not. It mean does not mean that I, I'm not going to listen to people. Of course, you do. That's what every good leader does. But there's a difference between that and having people around you that are trying to dictate what you do and take control of what you do. And I was very firm in that from the beginning. Doesn't always make you popular in the party. Doesn't always make you popular in the community. But we're electing leaders here. This is not a popularity contest. And I think that too many people that run for office look at this as being a popularity contest. That is not how I looked at it. Now, that leads to money. And in order to influence you and control you, people come in with money. And they want to donate money to you. But with the money comes the attachments and the strings. Because there's no way that somebody's going to donate a a large sum of money to you and then just allow you to walk off and do what you want to do. And I think that in my particular case, that's one of the reasons why that uh, you, you notice that if you go and you look at the donations to my campaign, it was all individuals. It wasn't corporations. It wasn't companies. Because I, I, I do pride myself in the fact that I came across as someone that was an independent thinker and I make my own decisions. And because that's the truth. That is, that's what I do. But it also means that people that think that they're going to control me with money did not donate that money. And I'd like to keep it that way. But it is very difficult to operate in this environment when you're going up uh, against an opponent like I did that has $1.7 million and, and go up and, and put that challenge and expect to come out successful, successfully on the other end. It can be done, but that leads to the motivation of the, the voters. What I was hoping, what I was counting on, is that the United States and the Commonwealth of Virginia is going down a path of destruction, and that people would be motivated to want to reverse that path of destruction. I mean, look at the school boards in Loudoun County, Fairfax County, and how they defy Governor Youngkin's uh, uh, model guidelines on uh, keeping parents in the loop when it comes to the uh, sexualization of their children, whether their children want to use different pronouns, whether their children want to do, do procedures that would permanently disfigure their bodies. I mean, those are kind of no-brainer decisions, except for the fact that these two uh, school systems were defying the governor. And I was hoping that issues like that, and the fact that we have a Commonwealth's attorney here in Fairfax County that is releasing criminals, it cannot staff the department due to morale issues, has backed up cases, has conviction rates that are abysmally low. You would have thought that the people would want to change that, and that they would be motivated to come out and vote. And if you remember me being on the radio, whether it was the Larry O'Connor show or the Vince Colonnay show, uh, Sebastian Gorka was on his television show a couple of times, and I pled with the voters to get out and vote and support the candidates. If you vote, we win. It is that simple. If you vote, we win. But yet, the turnout rate was not 
any higher than in any other election that we had. Even though these issues, along with the uh, shutting down the businesses and how we handle COVID, all those issues where the Democrats destroyed our community, destroyed our economy, you would have thought that those issues would have clearly motivated the voters to get out and want to make a change in the government. But it didn't really. The The voter turnout was still very, very low. Now, people complain that money is controlling politics, but yet we have an opportunity to change this. And I don't really know at this point what it is going to take to get people motivated to go to the ballot box and put in leaders that are going to make decisions that are in the best interest of the United States and the best interest of the individual states and counties. You have to vote. It is that simple. We can put together candidates. We can recruit candidates and put them forward. But if you're not supporting those candidates, then what's the point? I can tell you that from the moment that I announced to run to the election, I felt like there was very, very little support. The people that did support me, and by by support I mean those that were working on the campaign, were few. They were very dedicated, and they were phenomenal. And I'm forever grateful to those people. But there was so you would think with the issues at hand that people would be coming out of the woodwork to support the campaign, but they didn't. And that was not just limited to my campaign. It was pretty much true of all of the campaigns in Northern Virginia, in particular. It was very frustrating to all of us that we were not getting the physical support, we were not getting the financial support, but yet everybody wanted us to take action. I think that most of the campaigns did surprisingly well considering the lack of of support. But uh, my concern is moving forward, getting getting the quality candidates to run knowing that they're not going to get that support because most people aren't going to put themselves through what all of us went through knowing that they're they're not going to get the support i mean uh most of us most of the candidates that i got to know and i did get to meet um well i met all of them but got to know some of them very very well they're they're patriots they're people that are willing to sacrifice their lives their health um their families because running for an office is very difficult on your family and they're willing to do that for the better good of the community but when you go through it you feel like you've been beaten (laughs) after death you know after after election day i felt like i'd run several marathons back to back and i needed to sleep for about three days and that was the experience that all of us had And most of us are willing to do that as long as we know that we have people behind us and backing us. And I I don't really know what to say about that issue other than, please, moving forward. And in this this year, coming up in 2024, we have another election coming up. We have here in Virginia, we have uh, congressional candidates, uh, House of Representatives, uh, the U.S. Senate, of course, the presidential election. And we need people to come out because we're at the precipice of disaster, in my opinion, in this country. We're at the precipice of disaster. And if we're not careful, we're going to lose this great experiment that we've had, this experiment called the United States. If, if you're living under a rock, you may not realize that the world is about ready to get lit on fire you know, between the communist Chinese being on the move, what's going on between Russia and Ukraine. 
look at what's going on in Israel, in Hamas and Hezbollah. The Iranians wanting to obtain a nuclear weapon, much of which we're financing, shockingly. Uh, this, this is a dangerous time. And this is a time to have leaders in office, to have people in office that are sober, that are doing th- everything for the right reason, are not taking money from these foreign governments, and are putting the American people first and, and can exercise leadership because we don't have that right now. That is that is absolutely for sure. And when you look at the political situation we have right now, where we have our federal government using the power of the federal government to go after its political opponent, which we've we've never had in the United States, and trying to take out the front runner of the opposite party. And I don't I don't care whether you don't like Donald Trump or you don't like like Donald Trump. What is happening and using the weight of the federal government to take out a political opponent should never happen. And it doesn't matter that you don't like a particular candidate. We should not be doing this to any candidate, period. This is a very, very dangerous road that we are going down right now, and it needs to stop. Because what will happen is that same process will be used against the opposite political party, when the time comes, and none of us wants that. We have to stop all of this right now. But we had an opportunity in November to change direction in Virginia, and the voters just did not turn out in the numbers that we needed to end that and to change that. I'm very grateful to those that did. Uh, In my particular case, I had over 20,000 votes, which is amazing for someone that has no name recognition, no money, no support, and uh, very little staff to work on that. I I think that was surprisingly well. And for all the voters that came out, those that supported us, I'm eternally grateful for you. And I don't know what the future holds right now for me as it comes to to running for other offices. Uh, We shall see. You know, I feel that this is a calling. I I think that this was a a great learning experience. I think it will equip me moving forward in the future, and we shall see. It's tough. Running for an office is not for everybody. I will tell you that right now. It is not for everybody. You have to be willing to get up every single day and face just a barrage of difficulties, criticism, and, um, you know, people wanting you to do what they want you to do. But this is where the true leaders step up. This is where uh, people of fortitude step up and people that are willing to sacrifice in order to lead the community to greater and better things. And that's where I'm going to go. That's where I have been in the last 18 months. And we're going to do more as we go forward because we are going to save this nation, folks. We are going to save this nation. God, so God help me. I, we are going to save this nation. I did not serve this nation for my entire adult life just to watch it go down the tubes. And we're going to do it together. You and I are going to do that. We are going to save this nation because we can do it. But let's pick leaders. Let's support those leaders. Let's get them into office. And for goodness sake, get all of your neighbors and friends to vote and participate in this electoral system. That's really what I think that we need to do, is emphasize the need to vote. I mean, after all, if every Republican, if every veteran, if every first responder in this election had come out to vote, then we might have had a very different result. But we did what we could. And for those that came out, God bless you. 
there were some people that worked very, very, very hard to get a Republican slate down there in the General Assembly in Virginia, but it just didn't work out. But you know what? We move forward. We don't move backwards, and we don't we don't continue to stare backwards. We keep moving forward. Guys, we are going to be doing a lot of podcasting here on more details. This is just kind of a high-level sort of overview of my experience in this particular election. But we're going to have uh, interviews with other candidates. Um, in fact, we're going to be doing a real biopsy of the whole election. And I think you're going to find it very, very interesting to hear the behind the scenes. And you're going to learn a lot about the process. And maybe, maybe it'll inspire all of you to get out and do what you can to ensure that we get the government that we really need and deserve in not only the state of Virginia, but in the nation. So with that, guys, this is Mike Van Meter. This is Mike Van Meter's show. God bless America. Guys, we can do this. We are going to do it together, and I'll be talking with you soon. 